Hi everyone, welcome to Crime Science. In this podcast, we aim to explore the science of crime and the practical application of the science for loss prevention and asset protection practitioners, as well as other professionals. Co-hosts Dr. Reed Hayes of the Loss Prevention Research Council and Tom Meehan of Control Tech discuss a wide range of topics with industry experts, thought leaders, solution providers, and many more. We would like to thank Bosch for making this episode possible. Use Bosch Camera's onboard intelligent video analytics to quickly locate important recorded incidents or events. Bosch Forensic Search saves you time and money by searching through hours or days of video within minutes to find and collect video evidence. Learn more about intelligent video analytics from Bosch in Zones 1 through 4 of LPRC's Zones of Influence by visiting Bosch online at BoschSecurity.com. Welcome, everybody, to a, another special episode of Crime Science Podcast. Um, today, I'm joined by uh, Peter Chi, the Vice President of Asset Protection for Bloomingdale's, um, and, uh, you know, Peter is a member of the LPRC Board of Advisors, um, very engaged. Uh, his team is very engaged in uh, LPRC working groups across the board. Um, and Peter and I also are able to chat offline sometimes and, and share ideas um, and, and learn from each other a lot. And so, um, Peter, I just want to thank you and welcome you to Crime Science. Thanks, Reed. Uh, appreciate you having me on today. I- Really hope you and your family are well and staying safe during these uh, unprecedented times, I should say. Truly unprecedented in our time, that's for sure. Um, so, yes, everybody is, is well, and thank you for asking, and, and, and certainly the same for you and yours. So what we'll do is, um, as I mentioned, we've, got, we've had um, really six what we're calling retailer cluster calls. Um, we're... We probably had better than 50 different retail chains uh, executives involved in the talk in the calls uh, where they were sharing their issues, sharing their solutions, sharing where they're trying to go next. And, and uh, just an incredible amount of powerful information, um, a, a thing of beauty to listen and be engaged with so many uh, experienced and thoughtful leaders uh, and, and so much sharing. Um, and as you know, that's long been the loss prevention asset protection community has been so tight. And hopefully the LPRC community at large, you know, that's part of the mandate here is uh, collaboration. So um, that'll help inform our conversation a little bit. And uh, so you and I have a few questions to, to touch on. But I think let's kind of go back if we could. I know that's probably not the most pleasant thing in your mind. But, but what did you start hearing, Peter, um, about this COVID-19 and, you know, and again, you know, only what you're comfortable talking about uh, on a podcast. But what did you kind of first hear and start to think and want to know and do? Well, certainly, uh, you know, I think uh, like most people, uh, you know, out there, uh, we've, we, we heard that it originated out, uh, you know, in, in China. And, uh, you know, the first thing you think of automatically is supply chain. And you think about everything that's coming out of there and uh, being transported to the United States. So, uh, we were monitoring the, the threat from a global perspective, you know, not necessarily domestic initially uh, until we uh, we started becoming concerned with the supply chain impact and, you know, really how to handle receipts, um, packaging, uh, the lifespan of the virus on different uh, services was, was a concern. You know, as the issue became more prevalent in the stores uh, where we do business, um, that's where we began impacting uh, and then taking a look more um of some of the, uh, the the things that we need to look at more aggressively, different measures and different safety precautions. Again, that's all based on the, on the, the stores that, uh, you know, impact that we, we've seen uh, based on uh, 
on, on the pandemic itself. Now, that's interesting. Yeah, you're thinking initially, all right, we've got uh, a supply chain. It's fairly complex. It, uh, you're totally relying on it. Um, and this looks like this looks like a, a possible or maybe even a serious disruption. That That's very interesting. Um, let me ask you if I could about... Um, you know, when you started to you started to learn that things might be headed our way, and maybe even more rapidly than thought than we thought. Um, a little bit about that, and and we had our uh, annual board of advisors uh, winter planning meeting, uh, branded as LPRC Ignite. Um, Peter, you were here. Um, you were interacting with us um, and helping provide guidance alongside you know another twenty twenty five of your colleagues in the industry. Um, you know, and, and certainly we were talking about this, but uh, I don't think anybody, at least from my perspective, of course, had no idea where we end up going here, but uh, that the seriousness didn't even appear uh, on the radar scheme, screen for most of us. Any thoughts around that when we were back at uh, LPRC Ignite in February? No, you know, Reed, I think we're, we're all as a group collectively talking about our uh, pre-crisis, pre-pandemic uh, concerns, all everything that we've... Uh, all been exposed to beforehand, uh, what we've been combating for many, many years, and uh, and uh, trying to provide some solutions and some uh, tactics uh, as well as research to to those problems that we were all facing as a as a as a uh, collective group. Um, this pandemic was not, I don't think, was right in anybody's uh, uh, eyesight at the time. I think it's just uh, you know as we all got back and, and got uh, you know heard more and more about it, uh, like I said before, coming uh, and transferring over to the state side and domestically, that's. That's when we said, okay, let's stop everything that we've been doing and we've been discussing for a second here, and let's take a look at this and see how big it's going to become uh, before we can try to go back uh, to what we were talking about before. So I think it was a it was a disruption that happened, and uh, unfortunately, it's it's a continued disruption that we we haven't been able to go back to what we had discussed before. At this point, I'm sure we will, but uh, not at this point. No. That's very helpful, and um, and like you say, I think it just uh, the pandemic evolved and unfolded in so many different ways and had so many different effects. Um, and again, most of the people we're talking to didn't seem to have the effects. Now, uh, some of our members that are, um, that have stores in Europe started talking to us a little more rapidly about it or, or sooner, let's say about the issues that they were starting to see. Um, there were those discussions. I know then um, the CDC and, and the government decided, well, we're going to go ahead and halt flights from China and, um, we'll see if that might, you know, slow some kind of spread of this uh, epidemic at the time. Um, and so, you know, I think, can we talk a little bit about supply chain maybe? Because you started there. Uh, did you start to see any effects or did it all of a sudden the domestic issues sort of overwhelmed uh, those considerations? You know, I, I think, uh, you know, our business partners on the, the Macy side did an excellent job in supply chain identifying and, and really um, understanding and ascertaining what the issues were on, on their end. Uh, and and uh, I think they pretty much took care of, of, of most of those uh, without us having to be intricately involved in it. And uh, where we really took uh, uh, more control and more notice and uh, more action uh, was when it did impact uh, the states that we had stores that we did business in. Uh, and once it got to, you know, the, the, the store associates, when, once it got to our buildings, uh, we, we had to, at that point, you know, react very quickly. And, uh, you know, that took over our, our, uh, our action standpoint and, um, you know, when we needed to do going forward. 
Excellent. You know, one thing I wanted to talk to you about is, um, you, you, in a way, you have two roles, it appears to me, or, you know, it seems to me. One, you are the asset protection expert, uh, the leader, the advisor in your organization um, for that, for the issue. Um, and that is safety and security. Um, to put it bluntly, I think uh, at the same time, you're also the leader of your organization um, as you implement your strategy and your process out there. Um, what did you, let's go to the first one, if we could, a little bit about that as much as you're able to talk about, Peter. What, what did that look like? What are some of the, uh, as you talk about where you started to get some warning signs, uh, the team was, uh, the team in this case being the, the corporate leadership, was starting to look at things. You know, what, what are some things you can talk about as far as your role, what you were asked to do or you on your own decided you needed to do? Well, you know, once we uh, once we realized how how widespread this was and, and what kind of impact it would have uh, to our business, we we immediately stood up our uh, EOC, uh, formalized our structure, uh, cadence for calls, meetings with the appropriate business partners, got everybody engaged uh, that needed to be, uh, you know, t- from a business perspective. We executed our business continuity plans to allow for uh, you know remote work at, uh, requirements and c- capability in case that uh, that was going to come to play, which. Of course, uh, as eventually it did, um, and you know, really, our number one priority read for our group is to ensure the safety and security of our associates, customers, and buildings. And I think that's what what really dictated all our actions, all our, um, you know, from our business partners' perspectives. Um, you know, what what was it that we needed to do to ensure that uh, for as long as we can remain open and, and viable from a business perspective, what are the things that we can do at that point to keep our associates and customers safe? Uh, keeping our builders buildings intact, you know. Uh, obviously, down the road, we 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 move to a closed store situation and a furlough situation. But at the end of the day, uh, prior to that, we we really had to focus on okay, w- what does it look like now? What's the business look like now? And what do we need to do to ensure our our, our business continuity is in play uh, and our associates and again our buildings are, are as safe as as possible as well as our customers. So, how do we maintain that business angle? That was really the, the key piece of it. Okay, excellent. So it sounds like it is, would be expected that you spent overwhelmingly spent the lion's share of your time uh, with your team doing planning, even though you were still, of course, working with uh, your counterparts in the business um, and, and at some point also serving as sort of the advisor on some of these asset protection topics um, as, the, as the corporate team, the C-suite and others were uh, trying to operate the business now and, and, and so on. Certainly. Okay. So another thought was, um, you know, what were, how did you start to look at health and safety issues? Um, in, in addition to you're normally looking at theft and fraud and violence, what, what sort of, uh, what were you sort of learning? What were data sources that you had uh, internally or places you could turn to? What were you thinking and talking and planning around? What was informing your decisions and operations? Well, certainly, you know, we, the data is very important, you know, and versus historical versus current data. Um, you know, we, we, we kind of compiled both and then looked at everything uh, to, to get a very uh, a macro view of uh, where we needed to, to focus on. But in this in this particular case, with, with this particular crisis, you know, because it impacts the entire organization at the same time, uh, outside of the ordinances that, you know, that came in uh, uh, kind of a, a different spurts of time where they, they mandated certain ordinances locally and statewide, 
Um, everything else was was very very um, global when it came to the impact to our business. And you know, I just want to I want to say, Reed, before I, before I even answer the question, that you know, it's, it's unfortunate we had to close um, uh, all of our stores, you know, and furlough majority of our associates. We we all know that. And uh, during this time, it just goes without saying that you know, really, I, I can't tell you that we we miss them dearly. Uh, I'm hoping that everyone is doing well, uh, staying safe. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to, to, to the return um, to the business and welcoming everybody back. So I, I just wanted to get that out there to, to, to those who are listening, because I think it's just uh, just know that, that we're thinking of them uh, in this, no, uh, in this uh, t- tough time. No, that's that's a huge, huge point. And we are, uh, I believe that some or many of your team, uh, including those, and that's most that are furloughed right now, currently furloughed, are are hearing you and hearing your your mission and your concern. Um, and uh, but that there's a plan, there's optimism um, going forward. Um, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so what we what we've seen and, and, and appreciate too uh, around not only the data, but you know where we get a lot of our ground intel. Um, we, we've seen some really great support from our mall security and property manager. Uh, partners, you know, we, we've got some robust plans to, you know, help keep our businesses safe and secure, but these partners have been really integral in supporting our efforts, you know, just like uh, our pre-pandemic issues, um, violent crimes, ORC activity, you know, we're all in this together, like I had stated before. I mean, just leveraging our partnerships, just maintaining that good communication is not only necessary, but I, I really think it's critical during these times to ensure alignment. And what we've seen, you know, in the various areas throughout the country just solid, solid partnerships. So I, I want to thank the, the, those mall partners and, and uh, security partners as well. They, they've done a fantastic job supporting our business during this crisis. That's good to hear. And I think surprisingly, uh, in a way, um, in going through the, these uh, cluster calls, and I went through five, five of them, had the, uh, the opportunity um, and the pleasure of getting to interact with so many people during the, in the heat of battle here. Um, but we rarely rarely heard any complaints about local law enforcement, even though law enforcement already had um, lower staff issues going on. Um, but in this case, with even lower, particularly where certain departments or, or precincts and others were um, lowered right now due to the crisis, um, they were still getting a lot of good response. Now, there's a lot of prioritization going on. Things take a little longer sometimes, but there was still an, an earnest you know, a very serious effort by their partners out there to support them in every way that they can. Um, yep. let, let me ask you about theft, fraud, and violence. What did, did you start to see any changes before you all had to change the business and, um, and move to a, a closed situation across most of the, all the storefronts in this case? I think pre-crisis, Reed, I, I think we were handling things. I mean, you know, this was the beginning of the year, right? January, February or so. Uh, coming out of the holiday season, so you know we generally had uh, had the same, um, I guess, issues and scenarios that we would normally have every year, and, and you, you would see the same type of um, activity. Uh, I think I would say it was pretty par for course. I think it was uh, flat uh, to the year before uh, as far as activity goes from a theft and a fraud perspective. Um, and then when, when this obviously when this uh, crisis hit us, uh, certainly we, we, we saw a uh, a, a steep decline there, obviously, because of, of the stay-at-home initiatives and everything else that's out there. But uh, we certainly anticipate it to be uh, ramping up uh, as we um, you know, continue going through this crisis. I, I think uh, bad actors are going to seize the opportunity to uh, 
to take advantage of, of where they can and uh, you know from both from a theft and from a fraud perspective. Another good insight, uh, much appreciated. So let me ask you about um, right now, um, you're thinking ahead, clearly you're planning ahead, um, but how are you able to communicate with your team right now in a distributed way? What, any, what are you kind of going through? Uh, what are your priorities and how are you all um, working and playing together in such a distributed way? Yeah, main focus right now, I mean, you know, it's daily communication. Um, we have a, a morning call. We have a uh, evening uh, um, uh, kind of a shutdown call that we recap. Um, but, you know, just it, it, the important thing here is to keep everybody engaged, keep everybody uh, in, with some sort of, sort of normalcy, even though everybody's working remotely. Um, we really have been focusing on the physical security and safety piece more than anything. I, I don't, you know, the theft and fraud piece certainly has, has, has grinded to somewhat of a halt at this point because, Again, we don't have uh, we don't have any activity with the stores being closed. However, you know that doesn't mean that we're not uh, still planning for that going forward. But I think the the, the majority of our, our of our time is being spent on, you know, how do we ensure our uh, store leadership teams that that may still be intact in our stores are, uh, you know, are, are taking ownership of and being engaged with uh, the store security, uh, the physical building security, eating alarms, things like that. And I, I got to tell you, they've been fantastic partners. Uh, they've been very, very engaged and very supportive uh, with everything that we've been, uh, you know, putting on their plate to, uh, to manage that uh, process. But, uh, you know, outside of that, it's just really trying to keep uh, a good ear to the ground on, uh, on what's out there, you know, um, from a, from a CDC perspective, from a political perspective, you know, where everybody, I think the, the, the number one question in everybody's mind is when are we going to get back to uh, opening stores? So the restore opening process is, has been uh, a pretty pretty big part of our um, our workload, uh, you know, in our thought process, uh, you know, day to day at this point. No, that's interesting and a good point. And I know with our cluster calls, there's been a lot of dialogue and discussion around uh, reopening. What's uh, the new normal look going to look like? But how are the how, what's the bridge, the pathway to that new normal, whatever that may look like? What are opening checklists? What all should be on those checklists as far as uh, supply chains, reopening stores, um, even some of the minutiae like returns that, um, wait a minute, how are we going to take merchandise back that may or may not be infected? Or, uh, and there are those sorts of health issues, but just the logistics of it. And um, any thoughts? And are you guys getting to that granular yep. level of planning right now? What does that sort of look like from a higher level Absolutely. You know, the focus on the store reopening process, and, and like you had said, what does the new normal look like, the future state of business? It's, it's not going to be the same as it was uh, pre-pandemic or pre-crisis. You know, how do we continue to regulate uh, and compete and be compliant, you know, with CDC and safety guidelines once we reopen? Because there's, you know, clearly there's going to be some uh, reservation there by our customers, by our associates. Um, how, do we, how do we mitigate that? What concerns... Uh, that we didn't have to deal with pre-pandemic and how do we manage them post-crisis? So for example, uh, budget challenges, you know, I, I think everybody's budget is going to be impacted based on the lack of revenue that's, uh, that's, uh, that's uh, coming in uh, this year. And, you know, what will the resources look like? Um, you know, how do we, how do we manage the emotional and you know psychological aspects of the, of the crisis, right? I think uh, um, uh, separating facts and fiction, don't believe the hype. I think that's a, a big one. Everybody's emotional. Everybody's, uh, Taking things out of context, sometimes everybody's being swayed by uh, whatever media that they're 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 looking at today. So I, I think that's just keeping the facts and keeping everything as 
as uh, factual as possible uh, for for our teams and for our customers is going to be important. And then, you know, associate engagement, like, you know, the, the wellness checks and reaching out and making sure everybody's okay. But when you look at the granular level, you know, including returns and disposition of returns, fitting rooms, you know, we're in, we're in the apparel industry, you know, fitting rooms are, are another place where you have hygiene and, uh, uh, you know, having to have a sterile component there. Um, but just, you know, everything we do from a, um, from, uh, from a loss prevention asset protection standpoint too, when, when you think about the, the, the things that we take for granted, you know, apprehensions, deterrence, internal interviews, how is that going to change? You know, are you, are we, how do we maintain social distancing when we do an apprehension or we make an apprehension? How do we do that with, we do an internal interview? You know, there's, there's a lot of things that we have to think through uh, in order to, uh, to make sure that we're operating correctly and safely in the, in the new world ahead. No, good points all. Um, that's uh, been a lot of the planning. And again, I think um, as we will probably be rerunning the cluster calls, we'll certainly send out an invite to make sure that your team is, is well represented on the calls. With um, uh, there, There's a lot of sensitive issues being mentioned, but there's a lot of clarity and a lot of forthcoming people are being um, are really making sure that all the details are being put on the table. Uh, that's the only way for everybody to, to learn from each other. And it, and it really has been pretty powerful in that way. But those are a lot of those details, even PPE. What do you get? Where do you, how do you push it through? Um, and just, you know, we're hearing that just even securing PPE and you don't, particularly for retailers that don't even sell that, uh, they're seeing some unique changes and movement of some of the issues they're having, uh, whether their stores are open or closed. Have, have there been any clusters of issues that you can talk about generally, uh, Peter, as far as um, burglaries um, and, and those types of incidents where the stores are all uh, closed, if you will, um, anything like that that might be occurring? So knock on wood, we, we haven't had any, uh, any burglaries or break-ins at this point. Uh, we feel very comfortable with the, our process that we have in place. Um, you know, uh, I think from uh, facilities and from an HVAC perspective and things like that, water leaks and based on, the, again, the uh, mother nature, you know, having to do with something, uh, some things uh, internally in the stores, we're always going to keep abreast of that and, and making sure that we, uh, we ensure that we're trying to manage uh, any type of damage control there from that perspective. But nothing on, the, uh, on, the, on that side of it uh, at this point, and, and hopefully as we... Um, we, we continue the success going through this whole crisis and uh, we come out of this unscathed, but uh, from a, from a building uh, physical security perspective. But like I said, I think I, get, I chalk it up to the diligence of the store leadership teams and, and the processes that they have in place uh, that they, they're enforcing and they're, they're executing every day. It's really, really making a big difference for us right now. No, it's interesting. And there's, we've talked on some of these podcast episodes about guardianship and that the guardianship comes from, the people that work there, especially the asset protectors, but uh, all the team, uh, it comes from customers that are moving through there or might might disrupt or even report or sometimes intervene in a situation. Um, it comes from passersby outside the building that, again, the same thing. They might, in, might intervene or at least report uh, or unknowingly disrupt something. And then finally, the law enforcement strata, that sort of official guardianship that takes place and and in a lot of cases with the smaller stores that have been uh, temporarily shut down, they don't have any of that happening for them, particularly in certain jurisdictions. There's, there are no, there's nobody in the stores. And we talked to a chain the other day where they closed down thousands of stores. They, were, they had completely shut down all stores within about six hours, and there's nobody there. So um, other than 
occasional checks on like you talked about maintenance things that need to be done. So you can imagine they're just sort of there um, and trying not to stand out as a target to compared to their neighbors to somebody. Um, so in that way, for whatever that's worth, take a little bit of solace in, in that fact. Anything else, Peter, that, that strikes you that you would like your team to know, uh, your counterparts to know, or other listeners to know out there um, about uh, asset protection leadership um, and how to uh, how you're planning and 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 executing through this this terrible time, uh, as well as planning and executing to get ready for the, when we come out of this um, and go back to whatever normal looks like. Any other thoughts? Well, you know, Reed, I, I think uh, this this pandemic, this crisis, is like I said, unprecedented, and uh, you know, it's impacted virtually everything, everything, every person, every entity, every business out there. And it's, uh, it, it's, it's quite daunting, quite, quite frankly. And I, and I think, uh, you know, as we look at, uh, how we're, um, handling the situation now, uh, and I'm sure my, my peers would agree, I, I think we're all doing it as diligently as we can, but, but I think being as, um, understanding that the environment, uh, can be changing and evolving, uh, pretty much daily at this point, you know, whether it's ordinances that change or non-essential to essential business uh, priorities that change, we have to be able to be able to be uh, as standardized as possible, but also be as flexible as needed to to be able to accommodate and then change towards these uh, these different evolutions of uh, of uh, what's out there right now in the landscape. And and I think sometimes it's getting everybody uh, to support that and engage that and to understand that there is light at the end of the tunnel, and not to 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 have this doom and gloom mentality. Right? It's about attitude sometimes and. I have a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of quotes and, and, and they really resonate with me in a deep way at times. And, you know, one of my mainstays is, is believe it or not, from, from, from a guy called Socrates, right? And he, he said, the, the secret of change is to focus all of your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. And I think we all have to accept that this is going to be a new environment that we're all going to be operating in uh, soon. And uh, nothing is going to be the same way. And for those of us who've been in retail for, for a long time, we know we've seen several iterations of evolution and change, but this is probably the biggest one yet, you know, and uh, I, I tell you, I think the, the, having the resolve that I know uh, uh, my peers and myself have and being in this business is a long time. I think uh, we know that uh, if we're standardized in what we're doing, but flexible in our approach, I think we're going to make it out of this, um, you know, this situation uh, uh, as best we can. So I, I really uh, thank everybody for, for, their patience and, and everybody out there that uh, is going through this is just, it's really, uh, really a tumultuous and, um, you know, but we'll get through it. Really will. Very well said, Peter. Um, and uh, very much appreciated. Um, like you say, we've all got to maintain optimism. Um, let's look, work with each other. Let's use evidence that we're able to get um, and let's be focused, but we're going to win. We will win. Um, so let's keep it, let's keep it rolling. Um, Peter, I want to thank you for appearing on this special, uh, crime science podcast episode. Um, we're going to be getting this as out as quickly as possible. We want to, uh, we want to put your, uh, expertise out there as well as your inspiring words. So, uh, again, safety, uh, and stay well to you and yours, um, and you and your team will be back together sooner rather than later fighting the good fight. Thank you, Peter. 
So thank you for your time today, Reed. Just want to say again, uh, please be well, be, be positive, stay safe, and uh, happy Easter. Fantastic. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Crime Science, the podcast out of Gainesville uh, by the LPRC. I want to thank Peter Chief, uh, Vice President of Asset Protection, Asset Protection at Bloomingdale's, as well as our producer, Kevin Tran. Uh, thank you, everybody. Have a great, safe time. Thanks for listening to the Crime Science Podcast presented by the Loss Prevention Research Council and sponsored by Bosch Security. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find more crime science episodes and valuable information at lpresearch.org. The content provided in the Crime Science Podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for legal, financial, or other advice. Views expressed by guests of the Crime Science Podcast are those of the authors and do not reflect the opinions or positions of the Loss Prevention Research Council.